What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined today by Damien Otero. This guy is the quintessential hustler. He's been an entrepreneur for over a decade. He's now the founder of Real Tacos based in Atlanta. And that's real with two R's because it's that real. Uh, Damien, welcome to Give an Ovation, my man. Thank you, bro. Thank you. So first of all, I got to ask about the, the second R. for how did, how did you get to Real Tacos with are are real tacos. So quick uh, correction, I'm not, I'm not the founder. The founder was a, a chef. His name is Adrian Villarreal with two R's. Uh, and he started the concept in 2015. And me and my partners acquired it in 2021, 18 months ago. Oh, wow. Uh, so when he was choosing a name, he knew what he wanted to do, but he didn't have a name for it. And he told me that one of his friends said, uh, well, your name is Villarreal with two R's. Why don't you just call it Real Tacos with two R's? And the name stuck. And we kept the name, the logo, and, and we just went with it. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So, so does anyone pronounce it like Real Tacos? or is some, it- some, So some people call it Real Tacos. Some call it Real Tacos. And other people call it Our Real Tacos. And, and whatever they say, we just go with it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Just as long yeah. as it's good food, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so obviously tacos is a really hard thing to differentiate yourself in. And, you know, it's it's a it's a busy market. There's lots of places. How have you been able to be so successful? Like wh- what's different uh, about you guys? So for this concept, I mean, yes, tacos is hard to, differ- you know, be different. But at the same time, a lot of the concepts that do serve tacos also serve many other dishes, like full service dining Mexican or Tex-Mex restaurants. And then you have the quick street taco place, which is all over the West Coast, uh, which, will, which will be quick service tacos. And we are in between. We are full service dining tacos. We do tacos only, you know, quesadillas and burritos are basically the same thing. Uh, so we do those as well. But uh, hey, you said it, not me, man. I just want to point out. <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, you you use this, you just change, change a tortilla, but all the ingredients that we already have are already there. Just just to make a burrito or a quesadilla, that's fine. I, I, um, I got to say, though, I, I love it when Taco Bell does a rollout of like a new product and yes. it's just like, Oh, this is just so unreal. It's like, well, but you just you just flip the ingredients around. <laughs> You're repurposing, yeah, <laughs> uh, what you already have. Um, you change your packaging and it's a totally different dish. Uh, but right now we're focusing on service and, and expanding and margaritas, cocktails, mezcals. Our newest location that we opened, um, I don't know, has like a tequila wall with like 700 different bottles. Oh my god! Uh, different mezcals and, and tequila. So that's how we're trying to push the brand right now, and it's it's been great. That's fantastic, man. And you know, being an entrepreneur for so long, you know, you're good at seeing these opportunities and going after it. If you were to go back to you know 2021, right before you acquired Real Tacos, what do you wish you would have known then that you know now? 
I think we knew pretty much everything that we were going to do since we started. Um, I would have done different. Uh, no, I think we did everything right, which was focusing on the team, the bar, uh, maybe hiring quicker, more qualified uh, people right away like we are doing now. Uh, obviously, those people are expensive, and we treat our company like a taco startup. Uh-huh. Uh, it doesn't feel that way when you come in because it's full service and, and, and great service. And But um, yeah, uh, higher, higher quality people right away, even though it would be expensive, which we're doing now. We're creating a tremendous uh, team culture. Right now, this is our fourth location that we're doing construction. We, we were supposed to do this podcast uh, two weeks ago, but we had an opening uh, at another location. Um, and, and yeah, yeah that- I'm pretty good. Yeah, so just just that that quintessential uh, hustling that I think every single entrepreneur needs, but especially in the restaurant space. If you were to go out there and you were to give a piece of advice to someone who's saying, "Hey, Damien, I'm thinking about opening up a restaurant. Uh, you know, what things should I what what things should I watch out for?" What when people you, tell what, me, what tell yeah, me? when people tell me, "Hey, I want to open a restaurant." Well, if you don't have a, a great amount of experience in the industry as a manager or a partner or chef, I do get this question a lot. And the first thing I say is, why the fuck would you open a restaurant? First of all, it's a terrible idea. What you should do is buy one. Why would you start something? Listen, you know what it takes to start a restaurant? Whatever budget you're thinking about is double in construction and, and, and things like that. I mean, if you're going to open a decent restaurant and you're going to have a nice hood system that's going to cost you a hundred grand. Like whatever you think you're going to spend, you're going to spend double, right? A margarita mm. machine is, is five, six thousand. The line machine is five, six thousand. Every fridge is three, four grand. Like it's very, very expensive to open a restaurant. Uh, if you think it's going to cost you 400 grand, it's going to cost you 700. If you think you're going to open uh, in January, you're going to open in, in October. Uh, so don't, don't, don't open a restaurant. It's a terrible idea. And then once you accept a terrible idea and decide to open a restaurant uh, and you think you're going to open in January for 400K and you open in October for 700, then you have to build a team, which is also very tough. And then you got to get proof of concept. There's just too many question marks, right? So my, my strategy is always like just buy a restaurant that's been open for five years. It's been open for five years. It's not going to go away. And then you start applying your strategies, your marketing, a few changes here and there, but you're going to pay half the price that you are for opening a new restaurant. And guess what? You're going to make money on the first day. If you open a restaurant from zero, you're not going to make money on the first day. Now, for our concept, because now we have multiple locations and we've created a brand, once we open a new restaurant, because it'll be location four or five, six or seven. There's already a brand. The marketing is already there. We just open the doors and they come in. But it's not going to happen for a brand new concept. David, I think that is such a good idea because it's totally de-risking the concept, right? It's, it's de-risking it. But now, have you found it with the, the founder? Is the founder still involved or did you buy the no, completely? No, no, no. No, we bought it out completely, yeah. And was that a challenging process to kind of come up with a price to, to buy them out? No. So the industry will give you a price on average for a regular one unit concept of 2X. So let's say your restaurant makes 100K profit a year. It's going to go on the market for 200K. If the build out is nice, it's going to go for 250. 
if the build out, the location is very nice, it's going to go for 300, 3X. So two to 3X, it's where you can expect to pay. It, it is what it is. Unless the build out is brand new and, and you're buying it for key money, then it will cost a, a little bit more. But usually two to 3X is what you're going to pay for a single unit. And what was what was some of the biggest changes that you made right away? Marketing. Uh, I was uh, so this is not my first concept. I've done a few before that that I've acquired in uh, marketing right away. So my strategy is to buy a restaurant with a, a shitty POS like Aloha or you know something outdated, nineteen ninety eight Windows, and then. No, no, it's true. And then I want to buy yeah. something that barely has an Instagram. Like if the owner doesn't know the password and they have to look for it, even better. Uh, the Yelp must be unclaimed. Uh, Google with terrible pictures. And their website must be terrible. If, if it has all those things and it's been open for five years and the revenue is over a million a year, then basically I call this buying a Porsche on second gear. You just hmm. buy the location. You start doing great marketing, great website. Adding every single technology like uh, Ovation, obviously, and Toast, and many other things, and then the whole thing takes off. Dude, that's that is a really interesting idea. I've, I've talked to a lot of a lot of uh, restaurant tours over the last seven years, and that's a great strategy. I mean, especially with your skill set, you're you know being able to go in there and just level everything up. I think that's awesome. And you mentioned Ovation. I'd love to get your take on how. Uh, how has Ovation helped you? It's pretty shitty, but um, we work with it. We, we love we love the founder, so we just stick with it. No, listen, Ovation. Um, we found Ovation through listening. Let's plug in the boy Eric from Restaurant Unstoppable. Love Eric. Yeah, and we found Ovation through through him. Uh, I guess you were an advertiser for for the for the pod before. Uh, and yep. we plugged it in and right away changed a lot of the ways we operate because the way we use it is for takeout orders. 45 minutes after you pick up the order, you get a text message, right? And, and as you know, the message comes in with the emojis. And you click, uh, if you click the happiest emoji, uh, it will take you to either Yelp or Google. And if you click on any other emoji, it will take you to the WinBack uh, message app. And all the managers... In, and also myself have uh, the app on our phone. So every time something goes wrong, we get a text message. And, and this has uh, been great because now that we have multiple locations, we could get a message that says, hey, location one and location two, uh, the taco is different or this recipe is different or the packaging wasn't good. Or, hey, uh, um, the order, after, you know, after one, one, once I get home, everything is soggy. So, so all these things that we see through Ovation, we, are, we change packaging. Okay, cool. Now that we never got that message again, uh, something spilled. Okay, we package it different. That never happened again. Uh, there's too much fat. I remember there was a, one that kept coming in. There's too much fat in my barbacoa taco. It kept coming in. And we changed, we didn't change the recipe. We, we just changed the way they were portioning the tacos. And, and that went away. So, yeah, I think Ovation is, listen, if something is terrible, they're going to leave a review. But yeah. that in between, like, oh, I should let them know. I wish there was a way to let them know. And, and I don't want to fuck them publicly with a bad review. That in between is great. And now we get less and less messages from Ovation, uh, which means we're fixing all the issues. Because the issues are the same. Like, oh, I, I got a to-go order with no napkins. It's very simple. Who, who's, who's doing expo? Who's taking out the orders? Oh, it's a new guy. 
Well, okay, please retrain and tell them that every takeout order should have napkins. Hmm. And that would be like a small frustration for the customer. If the customer gets napkins every single week in their takeout order, and then today they didn't get them. Well, they're not going to go on Google and blast you with a one-star <laughs> review. But if they get that text message, they're going to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to let the management know that they forgot my napkins and they're going to fix it. Uh, for us, it's been great. We have it at every location for, um, for, the, for real tacos. Dude, that's awesome, man. I, and, I'm, and I'm glad that you see the benefit of not just making it right with the customer, but making the changes so that way the problem doesn't happen to the next customer, right? Yes. And, that's, and that's the key is, is yeah, you want to solve a one-to-one, but you want to see the trends and you want to fix the root. And um, Especially I, I as a, dude, you're a growing company. You're going to hire new people, right? Uh, it's, sometimes you're a new employee on day number two. They didn't know that they should have a fork, a plastic fork, for the dessert. So they just send it out with the napkin. You know, you told me a napkin. Yeah, but this one is a cake. So they might need a fork. That would be a great idea, right? So all these little (laughs) things, it helps you train better, create better systems and fix all the mistakes. There's so many variables that go into a takeout order because you're not going to get everybody a fork. Yeah. So if they got dessert, yes. So all these things, we get messages. We don't get them as much anymore, which means we're doing, we're getting better. Uh, But we love the system. Awesome. Well, great, Dave. And we, we love you using it because at the end of the day, it takes a restaurant that cares because it works if you work it, you know, and yes. you, you got to actually care about the guest experience. And, and you guys obviously do. And speaking of the guest experience, what would you say is the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays? I think nowadays guest experience, well, the product has to be so good today. Because there's reviews yeah. everywhere. And if you have a shitty product, people will know. It doesn't matter if you're a big company, you spend three, four million in a build out and it's beautiful. The product is not good. You, eventually you will die. So this, the product must be great. The experience, the way you train your people must be great. And right now, very importantly, at least for me, that I think is integrating every single technology available and making it seem like it, it, it used to be, like, like it's supposed to be there. A lot of the mm. old school restaurants are not trying to add technology and it's going to hurt them. Your server shouldn't be in waiting in line for two minutes to use a computer because you have one POS for a big restaurant. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. I'm in the new technology team. I believe, yes, it doesn't look beautiful, but I think every server should have a tablet and you turn around and something happens and you can place an order. And by the time, in a, by the time that, that server will go waiting line to use a computer and put in the order and send it out, by the time they will even do that, in my restaurant, the order is already coming out because everyone has a little tablet in their pocket. So I believe that integrating every single piece of technology into the restaurant and making it seem like it's supposed to be there is the way to go. If you're going to be very, very old school, you're not going to adapt. Well, the newer technologies are eventually going to eat you alive because employees in those locations uh, with more technology will make more money and will much rather work there. Yeah, totally. And and it's not just about you know technology for technology's sake. To your point, it's about improving the guest experience at the end of the day. Now, one of the things I'd love to kind of pick your brain on real quick is any any uh, tactics that you'd recommend. Let's say there's a you know, a restaurant opening up in Sheboygan. What what are some tactics that you'd say? Hey, here's some things to to do right off the bat. Okay, so basically, uh, when going back to the technology side, uh, we have a every 
Okay, we had to build our own. I have a marketing agency called Restore Experience. The reason why is because I couldn't, I couldn't just do it all my. I could see and do it myself, but eventually, as the operation grew, and now we have like 150 plus employees, there's no way that I can keep up with the marketing and do it myself. So we had to build our own agency, which now works for our restaurants and some other restaurants as well. Uh, right away before we open, we have a, a, a list of a hundred things we want to do. Before you open, like our Google is filled with professional pictures, obviously, right? Our mm. Instagram creates content way before we, we open and we do ads in that area. Same thing on Facebook. Our Yelp already has a bunch of pictures. A lot of restaurants open, they don't even have a, a Yelp setup, which is going to be in your iPhone maps. They don't have a Google setup, so you can't even Google their hours or anything. So let's say you're going to open January 1st well, three months ahead. My my Google app, my Google uh, location, my, my business Google says that I'm going to open in January 1st. It already has my hours. It already has my pictures, uh, a professional website. Um, yeah, and, and creating ads before uh, we open, creating that suspense of coming soon, coming soon, coming, coming very soon, coming January 1st. Uh, start the marketing way, way, way before. Yeah, and I think that's something I, a lot of people might not know. You don't have to be open to have your Google listing active. It will, as as Damien's saying, you can have your Google listing open and it will say when you're launching, which is not really that, cool and super powerful. Not, dude, not only that, before you even open, once you put your phone number in that Google listing, your phone start, starts ringing. When are you guys opening? When it starts ringing, right? And I, and I know you have some new technology coming for this that we won't talk about. I remember you told me in Vegas. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I think it's crucial, especially having very good pictures on Google That's before awesome. you open. Well, Damien, anyone that you would, uh, anyone that you feel deserves an ovation in the restaurant industry, anyone that we should be following? Yes, yes, our boy Eric from Restaurant Unstoppable. Yes, uh, there's so many great episodes and so many things you can learn. You can literally take take away something from each each single interview that he does. Uh, Having rest- having restaurant owners that are just very passion driven in 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 an artistic way, where they only have one location and that's their love, to having other entrepreneurs where their art and their love is the art and the love of the business that might have 20, 30, 40, 50 locations. Uh, and you can take something away from each one of those interviews and episodes. So I will want to plug in if you haven't. Uh, Eric from Restaurant Unstoppable and keep up with uh, his podcast as well as yours. Amen. And David, how do people find and follow you and Real Tacos? So Real Tacos with two R's uh, on Instagram. And me, myself, will be Damien, D-A-M-I-A-N, CEO on Instagram. Awesome. Well, Damien, for rethinking what it means to be a restaurateur and for killing it in such a competitive space, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you for joining us on Give an Ovation. Appreciate it, brother. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to ovationup.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.